its unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming back live from Summer League, Thomas and Max Center, feeling a lot better. Can you actually hear ourselves? Feeling really good. Uh, You guys have no idea, and we like to kind of peel back the curtain sometimes, man. We have so much going on as a show is, is breaking down right before we come on, and we're trying to set up at the same time, and it's like, man, it's it's. It's literally chaos, and it's not organized chaos. So we do the best we can to try to get everything uh, hooked up quick, fast, and in a hurry, but sometimes it doesn't work out. So my man Mateo did a great job getting us taken care of, getting us squared away. So now we're good to go for the next ah, two hours and 53 minutes. <laughs> That's just what we're going to do. But, yeah, we're doing a lot better here from Summer League. Have a lot to get to on today's show. You heard in the rejoin right there, Lester Hayes, the judge. We found out yesterday that Lester Hayes and Amy Trask, both semifinalists for the Hall of Fame, in 2023 I thought that that was really cool we always talk about Lester Hayes we always talk about the fact that he should be in the Hall of Fame so to find out that he is a a finalist a semi-finalist excuse me for the Hall of Fame is a big deal the little write-up he's actually one of 25 seniors the write-up that they had is known as the judge Hayes was a five-time pro bowler for the Oakland and slash Los Angeles Raiders spending his entire 10-year career with the organization. Then Amy Trask, she's one of 29 as far as the coaches and contributors, and it just says CEO of the Oakland Raiders from 97 to 2013. But there's a lot to get to. Just because he's a semifinalist doesn't mean that he's going to be put into the Hall of Fame. But, hey, this is a good step. It's one step. There's many more that need to be be had for Lester Hayes, the judge. But nice first step. So when we talk to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, who is a Hall of Fame voter, We'll ask him uh, on Tuesday what he thinks about Lester Hayes' chances, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping more than probably, I don't know, a lot of people, I'm, just because we've you know, talked to him a few times, I've really got to know him kind of personally, and I know how much it would mean to him to be into the, inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, so I'm really, really pulling for Lester, and I know plenty out there who's that was their favorite players growing up, like my man Vegas Jess, and I know my man Mickey. I know, all, I know a lot of folks in Raider Nation would be super happy to see the judge enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, man, that could be – could you imagine that? That would be like three years in a row, right? Last, last season or last year it was Tom Flores and Charles Woodson. This year it's going to be Cliff Branch. And if the judge can get in next, uh, next, next go-around or Amy Trask gets in next go-around, that's Raiders each and every year. You know, I always ask the question, who's next, who's next, who's next? Well, they're, they're finding them. They're finding them. And even if it's on the senior list, you know what? Lester Hayes will take, it, take getting in on the senior list and not getting in the list at all. So uh, there you go. A little nugget that I wanted to make sure to pass along today here on the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demon Cotton, he's back in the home studio. He's trying to make everything do what it do. Uh, definitely got a shout-out to my man, Harry Ruiz, who held it down for JT today. Uh, definitely appreciate him. And like I said, man, got a lot to get to on today's show. Very excited about our interview that we have coming up at 2.30 with Victoria Hernandez talking all things uh, Darren Waller and his music. And reading the piece on his music was just it was awesome. So I can't wait to, you know, pick her brain and, and see how it was when she was talking to Darren and what he revealed. And, you know, just those kind of those kind of pieces are really cool. I mean, obviously, we always want to talk about football, you know, what he's going to do next season, what the goals are next season. But sometimes, you know, just getting the human interest side of things is really cool. So Victoria Hernandez will join us at 2.30. Now, I wanted to throw this question out there 
because, and I talked about this in, in, in a little bit, not in great detail on yesterday's show, but I wanted to throw this question out there because there's so many different generations of Raider fans. There's Raider fans that call into the show that have been around since the beginning of everything. You know, some will say, hey, I go back, you know, 60 years. I go back to this, that, and the other. I, they go back before I was even born. There's some, like my son, who's watching the current game that's going on right now here at Summer League. There's some that only have known the Raiders for, you know, a handful of years as he's only 19. So he's only been a very small slither when it comes to Raiders. But he's been a Raider fan his whole life because of me. So there's so many different chapters or so many different versions of Raider fans. I want to throw this question out to, especially it's Friday, you know, let's get a little creative. Let's have a little bit of fun on this day. So if you had to explain who and what the Raiders were to a fan that knew nothing, like nothing, someone who just, you know, hey, I'm looking for a football team. I want to be a fan of a team. I just don't know who to be a fan of. Why should I pick the Raiders? What would you tell them? And the, and the reason I ask this question is because it's going to be a different answer or it should be a different answer. For everybody, right? Someone's not going to say, someone that's 20, like my son's not going to go, well, he's 19, but he's not going to go and say, well, you know, uh, uh, Marcus Allen in the Super Bowl against Washington, yeah, he, he, he ran this way and then he came back and he crossed the field and he was this, that, and the other because he didn't see that. He didn't know nothing about that except for highlights. So he would be telling a different story, whereas someone else is going to tell a different story. And I know there's plenty of people, plenty of people, plenty of great Raider fans that have come from the Black Hole, come from the Coliseum, both Coliseums, L.A. and Oakland. I mean, there's the, you know, the Violator. I could put the Violator on there. I could put Lucille on there. I could put Raider Man on. I mean, there's so many people. JT, I could, hell, I could, I can pick JT's brain if I wanted to. But the, the thing is, I want to get, I think everyone has a right to tell their story, right? It, it doesn't all have to be the same story. Everyone could tell. There's, there, hell, there's someone here in Vegas that's like, you know what? I've been a fan of the team for the last three, four years. And what got me, what got me to be a big fan of the team, like really dive in, was last year's Week 18 game. I guarantee you there's someone that became a fan of the team that Week 18 game once they saw what they were able to do against the Chargers and advance to the playoffs. I remember when I first started on this station a year ago, we had a Raider Convert. He called in, and he became – his name is Raider Convert for a reason. He was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and converted – to a Raider fan. He lives here locally. So he has his own story. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Everyone has their own story, and that's okay. That's okay. Everyone's story doesn't have to be the same one. It doesn't have to, to, to come from the same womb. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be birthed at the same time to still be relevant and, and mean something. Because when all the OGs are gone, guess what? It's going to be the young bucks that are going to have to take the, the, the reins or the new fans. And when... You know, people like me are gone, and people like JT are gone, and people that talk this on the radio every day, there's going to be someone else that are going to pick up the reins and run with it, and it's going to be their story. And someone's going to say, yeah, I remember this old dude Q. He used to come on here and da, da, da. You know, it's just it's what it is. So I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. I'm very curious. I'd love to hear your thoughts. 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Let me know. If you had to explain the Raiders – to a fan that knew nothing, a potential fan, knew nothing about the silver and black, and you just wanted to explain it to them, what would your explanation be? What would you say to them? Hit me up and let me know. 702-365-9200. And my man, Damon Cotton, who's back in the home studio, I'll, I'll ask you first, you know, as a guy, because you're, you're, you have a different story. You're a guy on the outside looking in, not necessarily a Raider fan. You do work for, you know, 
Raider Media. Obviously, you, you work for Raider Nation Radio 920. You also do a lot of work at the, at the uh, Allegiant Stadium. So if you're explaining the Raiders to someone, you might be explaining it from a whole different angle. But I think that at some part of your conversation, you're still going to include the passion of the fan base because you know it. <laughs> you know it just as well as anybody. I mean, you don't even have to be a fan to know the passion. So what would your explanation be? I think it would have to start with the fans, where it would, for me, would be explaining the fan base, the diehards, all of the costumes and gimmicks that you see on game days. I know, like, the tailgating that you see. It would probably take me about 10 minutes if I was trying to convince someone and sell someone about this team. And then if someone says, so how's the product on the field? It'd be like, oh, well, yeah, about that, too. Like, yeah, they got, they got some good players. But for me, it would just be about the fan base, where if you wanted to join a team, or if you wanted to root for someone on Sundays, that's the selling point right there. I agree. I agree 100%. It's funny you said that. I'm glad that you said that, though, because that's exactly what I, I said to the wife because she was not a football fan when I met her. When I got to Texas in 2010, she was not a football fan. She was not even really a sports fan. And now she's locked and loaded, and she's repping the silver and black all the time. And I was okay with that. I said, hey, look, you don't have to be a fan of the Raiders right now, but you can't be a fan of another team, right? You know what I mean? Like, that was the rules. That was for me. I don't care. Call it barbaric. Call it chaotic. Call it whatever you want to archaic, whatever the word is, whatever that big old word is that I'm trying to say, you could call it that. That's fine. But that was just me. That's how I'm cut. I'm cut from that cloth. Like, man, you, I, I can't have someone going against me on game day. So, but she said, hey, I'm not a fan of, of any team. I said, okay, cool. And so when I sold her on the Raiders, and that's what I did, and that's what I'm asking you to do here is sell someone on the Raiders. When I sold her on the Raiders, I said, all I need you to do is go to one game. Go to one game live, and we did go to that game. We went to that final game in Oakland that, uh, what was it, December 15, 2019, went to that game against the Jaguars, the game that the Raiders should have won. They didn't. There's plenty of reasons behind that, but they didn't win that game. But I said, I promise you, and it's funny, Devon, you said that, the first selling point was the fan base, the family, the love, all that you would receive when you walked into that parking lot that was the Oakland Coliseum. That was my top-notch selling point for her and I said hey look just give it a chance oh and by the way when you go into the stadium and you check out the game you're going to enjoy that too just because it's it, it was it was the spot and I'll, I'll be honest she wasn't the first person that I told that to I've told that to a lot of people when I especially when I was in the bay that weren't big fans or maybe they weren't even fans of the Raiders I was like man just come to a game come to a game you'll see <laughs> and then nine times out of ten I promise you that they turned into Raider fans because it was all about the, the love, the passion, the fire. You know, of course, winning games is awesome. You want to win the game all the time. And I'm sure a lot of those games that I took people to, they, they did win. Unfortunately for the wife, she didn't get to see a, a winner of that game that she went that, that December 15th, 2019 game against Jacksonville Jaguars. Lost that game, so she didn't see that. And then her next game that she went to was here in Las Vegas, and that was that, that week three Chicago Bears game. We all know how that worked out, right? That was awful. That was like me and Mateo were out there playing in DeMond. I mean, it was like they, I didn't know what the hell was going on out there, and that was obviously when the, the information, the John Gruden information, had started to roll out. So that was – we kind of saw that coming. Once, once they, they started – I think about the second quarter, I was like, oh, yeah, this game's a wrap. Like I already knew what was going to go on, and then eventually uh, he ends up stepping down and the rest is history. But that was the next game she went to, and, and I had to apologize for her going, for our daughter going, for our friends from Texas going, I was like, man, I apologize. And I shouldn't apologize because, hell, I paid for the tickets. But, you know, I, I, I still I felt bad because I was like, I sold them on that they're going to have this great time only to realize that they didn't have a great time. And there was absolutely nothing to get excited about in that game. And then 
the next game she went to was the last game of the season, week 18. And it's so funny because I didn't push that. I didn't say, hey, you want to go to the game? Let me go get you some tickets. I came home one day, and she was like, hey, so uh, what about that game on Sunday? I was like, it's going to be the biggest game of the season. It's going to be outrageous. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to need tickets. So she told me. So it only took her two games, two L's, to decide that she was ready to go back to a third game. And then, of course, we all know how that last game of the season shook out against the Chargers, uh, overtime victory for the Raiders, pushing them onto the, onto the playoffs. And, I mean, hook, line, line, and sinker, and now she's sold. You know? And I don't even think it took the victory. I just think that the victory was sweet, was the cherry on top, that Week 18 game last season. So, uh, DeMond, I think you're spot on when you, when you hit with the fan base first. Uh, of course, you want to go and, and, and you want to hit with the tradition of winning, but – you know, even me, I, it's hard for me to even sell the tradition of winning because it's been so long. I, like, I saw them. I saw them winning. I, I saw them as a consistent winner back when Gruden was the coach the first time and they went to the Super Bowl and eventually lost. I get that. But it's, it's hard to sell that to somebody that is super young or, or brand new. So let me know about it, Raider Nation. Hit me up, 702 365 9,200, that is the Raider Nation listener line. The Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword RNR. Let me know what you would say to somebody that you're trying to explain the history of the silver and black, explain, uh, you know, basically trying to sell them on the team. If they want to become a fan and they knew nothing about the team, what would you say? Of course, this is coming off the heels of a brand-new president being announced on yesterday, Sandra Douglas Morgan. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation about her, very excited about the, um, you know, the, the future with her. And, and it's so funny because I've been uh, – I read her resume well before it was even announced that she was going to be the president. Read her resume multiple times. Even last night when I got home, I was like, you know what, let me read this resume again just because I was so stinking impressed. So I think – the business side of things for the Raiders, <laughs> I think it's in good hands. I think it's going to be just fine. Obviously, there's a new regime when it comes to the football side of things with Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels, and, uh, and, and others. They're all, hey, what's up, Paloma? Paloma's in the house. What's happening? So they're, they're, all, uh, you know, they're all in the mix to try to, take this, to try to take this franchise and take it to the next level, and I believe that they have that opportunity to do that. I like the moves that they've made, but – They've got to go prove it on the field, and the way to go do that and prove it on the field is when training camp starts. And when training camp starts, it's going to be, you know, the 18th for the rookies and the 20th for the veterans. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Juan the Smasher right here in Vegas. What's up, Juan? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? What's going on? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. I'm up here. I'm trying to pose for Paloma right now. I'm trying to. Uh, she's a camera person, right? She's always on camera. I'm not, so I'm up here trying to. I'm trying to pose. She's up here dancing. We just having a good old time, brother. <laughs> hey, hey, I know that's right. Appreciate you. All right, what's up? You said you 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 asked that because selling the team and brainwashing someone is real easy when it comes to the Raiders because that's what happened to me. Nineties. Okay. What would you say? Do we lose him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and start yeah. over, man. We lost you. Oh, hey, what's up, Q? Yeah, I was saying about the question that you asked, uh, brainwashing a, a new Raider fan. That's real easy. In 97, I got brainwashed by my uncle, and when he took me to that first game against uh, the Dolphins, that's, that, that's all I needed to see. It's just uh, Raider fans punching Dolphin fans. I was like, man, what's going on over here? Because all I knew was, <laughs> I'm telling you, Dan Marino was killing us. And we were like, man, who's going to stop this cat? And this Dolphin fan, he kept 
Sanders scored a touchdown, and by like the fourth quarter, Napu got socked out, and his and his dolphin had just flew. And ever since that day, I've been a Raider. But yeah, it's just real easy. 2017, I was brainwashing uh Vegas people because they don't they don't know how to be Vegas Vegas Raiders, but but now they do because it's that week 17. You know what I'm saying? I do. I just say, man. I know what you're saying. I love it. Great call, my man. Great call. I had a buddy back in the day that used to be a Dolphin fan or was a Dolphin fan. Maybe he still is. I don't know. I remember going to a game at the Coliseum against the Dolphins. I think that they worked the Raiders in that game. I can't remember 100%, but I I know that I didn't leave that game real happy. So I, I don't know if they just won the game or they worked them like I'm talking about, but something happened in that one against the uh, Miami Dolphins. But there it was, 97 for Juan the Smasher. He was, uh, you know, he was brainwashed by his uncle, as he says. And so that's that's the thing. You know, and I, you don't even have to brainwash. I mean, that's a little that's a little over the top when it comes to the, you know, selling of the team and explaining who the Raiders are and what they are, what they mean. And, you know, I saw a lot of people on Twitter. Uh, it's funny. Twitter is a funny place, man. It's a funny place. I tell you all the time. I saw a lot of people very excited and pumped up about the hiring of Sandra Douglas Morgan. It's like, yeah, that's my organization, man. That's my Raiders. Then I saw other people that were just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, and so it's, it's so funny, man. It's like there's nothing that could ever be out there that we're all 100% happy about. It's always going to be something, some kind of pushback. But that's okay. That's okay. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Uh, you know, I got mine. You have yours, and that's great. So I uh, just want to hear from you, man. I want to get your thoughts on what you would tell, what you would tell someone about the silver and black that would, you know, help them become a fan if they're looking for a team. My man Aaron tweeted at us, at your boy Q254 and at R&R 920 AM, the Raider Nation is what got me. My first game as a little kid was a life-changing experience. People I didn't know treating me like family. The passion during games and how much we want this team to be good. Plus, nothing better than silver and black. And thank you, Aaron, for that tweet. I do appreciate you. And I'll say this, man. I don't think there's one player in the league that has ever put on that silver and black uniform that did not look good. Right? I mean, I, seriously, like, I, I think about it. I think every player that has ever signed on with the Raiders as a free agent always says, oh, I look good in silver and black. It's just something about those colors. You're spot on that they do look great together. I see a lot of people talking about, oh, Raiders need to go with the all black or get a color rush or do this, that, and the other. I'm good. I mean, you know, and, and they might. They might at some point just to, you know, sell more merchandise. I, I, I don't know. But if they didn't, I'd be okay with that. I just that silver and black there. You're right about that, man. There's just something that looks cool about that. Doesn't matter if it's Raider cl- colors or clothes. It could be any colors, clothes in, in, in silver and black. They just look good together. They really, really do. I couldn't tell you how much stuff in my closet is like either silver or black or, you know, whatever. Even though I know some are mad because I got a red Raider polo. But, you know, that, that there, it is what it is. You know, you got to represent. You got to have that work attire. <laughs> so that's what I do. Uh, Aaron also sent us a picture of him and his mom. Uh, he said, my mom, who's the reason I'm a Raider fan, and this is us at our first game against the Broncos. Unfortunately, lost this, ga- this game bad back in the Andrew Walter days. <laughs> Remember Andrew Walter? Hey, great picture, though. Great stuff, man. I like that. Thank you so much for the feedback. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, let's see. Got a text real quick, and then we'll take a break from uh, Nick out the Valley of the Sun. What up, Q&D? If I was selling the team right now, especially to the youngsters, it's swag. The Raiders have always had that swag and swagger. The colors and the characters of the field and the fans, baby, no other fan base like us because we are raw, ride or die, loyal as, well, you know what, peace, Nick, out of the Valley of the Sun. Good stuff, Nick. Good stuff. And I, I like that. It's, and, you know, the thing about it is uh, I think that for most people, the, the fan base itself is going to be the number one selling point, right, just because the, the fans are so passionate, even pouring into Allegiant Stadium. I know a lot of uh, the OGs are like, eh, Allegiant's not quite what the Coliseum was, and it's not. 
It's not. It's a great place, but it has an opportunity to grow. You know, it's not going to just develop overnight. You know, I mean, it's something like the Coliseum had to be it had to be created. So now you have an opportunity at a brand new house to create something. It's like when you move into a new house, like it's not decorated and hooked up the way you want it immediately. Right. It takes some time to add some character to it, to add your your, uh, you know, your style to it. It just doesn't you don't just walk in a brand new house unless you're loaded and, (laughs) and walk in. and It's like, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. Hell, I've lived in a, a rental for damn near a year. Actually, yeah, more than a year now. Just signed a new lease. Uh, yeah, so I, was, I, I lived in a rental for a year, and it took us literally like eight to nine months just to start to put stuff together, just to start to make it look like our house. So now we're all in. We're like, all right, well, we got another lease, so let's go ahead and let's go all out. So that's, I mean, that's the thing. Nothing is created immediately. It always has to be built up. So Raider Nation, let me know about it. 69187, keyword R&R. That's, a, that's the Sam and Ash text line. You can hit us up at any time whenever we're talking to a guest. It's all good. Or just whenever you want to. It doesn't matter. That's the beauty of the Sam and Ash text line. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. If you had to explain who and what the Raiders were to a fan that knew nothing about the team, you're trying to sell this team. You're trying to create a new fan. What would you tell them? Let me know about it. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. We're live at the Thomas and Mack Center. Summer League action is going on right now. And coming up next, got a really good guest I'm excited about. Victoria Hernandez, community engagement producer for USA Today Sports Plus. She did a really good piece on Darren Waller and his music. We'll talk about that next. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. no regular vibe with you is different. And when you ain't around, it feel like something's missing. So I spend my time running to the past. So really, I just want to see your face, though. And I ain't just hoping you're listening to the sounds of Darren Waller right there. Some of his heat that he has. Darren Waller consistently putting out some good music. I got a couple of his uh, pieces of work in my uh, my collection right now. We're actually going to talk about some Darren Waller music as we're live here at Summer League at the Thomas and Mack Center here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And to help us break down some Darren Waller music, we're bringing in Victoria Hernandez, community engagement producer for USA Today Sports Plus. And Victoria, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We really do appreciate you. And when I was checking out your piece and I was reading it, and I know I'm no, you know, I'm no fool. I know that Darren Waller does music and he loves music, but it was so much deeper than just music. How 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 deep did you find this conversation that you were having with Darren when it came to his music? Hi, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, this piece was so fun to write. Um, it's actually on Anscape.com. It's ESPN's Culture Vertical, and like you said, now I'm at USA Today. But um, yeah, I mean, I just. When you listen to his music, you can tell he has a passion for it, and he's more than just an athlete who, or athlete who wants to be a rapper. And mm-hmm. we had a great conversation. Um, you know, with pieces like this, there's always elements that don't quite make the story. But um, you know, even just asking him about the legacy of the Raiders have so much of a music culture already, but he's just so confident in his own purpose with his music and um just how he weaves together his different influences and his personal therapy almost is his music so it was a really great conversation i'm really grateful 
Oh, I can imagine. I mean, just reading the piece, I could tell, and, and you know everything doesn't always make it, so I can imagine the conversation that you had that didn't even make the piece. But you spent, you talked about influences on Darren. Of course, his great-grandfather, Fats Waller, uh, he was great at jazz. He was a piano. He was on the piano. I mean, he, he did all kind of great things. How huge of an influence uh, was that on Darren just just in the time when he realized, oh, man, this guy was something special. Let me go ahead and research and learn who he was. Yeah, I think that's something that's really an interesting piece of the story is that Darren had heard growing up that, oh, my great-grandfather was a pianist and, a, you know, did music. But it actually was when he was in college, he's in a jazz history class taught by Chip Crotz, and he walked up to the professor and just said, hey, like, my grandfather does, or my great-grandfather did jazz, and then he dropped the name. And, I mean, Fats Waller was hugely influential. I spoke with Chip, and he compared him to Louis Armstrong and all of these jazz legends. He was the first black man to write a Broadway musical. He was extremely charismatic. And um, I guess Darren actually even shared a family story of um, Fats was kidnapped one time, and he was sent Mm -hmm. to play. um, It happened to be Al Capone. Right. And um, so that was really just an interesting story of how talented and in demand um, Fats was. And, yeah, Darren just really was inspired. Even his music, he, he puts piano in there and shouts out his um, on vision. He says, you know, this one Fats would be proud of. So it's really neat to see that. I mean, who, who wouldn't like to have a story where they can uh, add Al Capone to it? Hey, my great-grandfather was kidnapped by Al Capone. I mean, that's, that's one of those stories like, come on, Q, stop talking. Stop telling me that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to think about. Yeah, but that, that really happened, or, you know, yeah. so that's cool. That is that is really cool. And you mentioned that uh, you know he uh, Fats played the piano. Well, Darren in high school played the piano. I mean, he he's been a a guy that's been involved in music for a very long time. Obviously, his family uh, had music always playing in the house. But how cool was that to, to find out that he was a, a guy that played the piano even back all the way to high school? Yeah, I think it just shows his sense of musicality. That I mean, hip hop. I think even you look at like Beethoven has woven piano into trap music and. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love how music has woven in so many different ways. And, I mean, it show, I think, you know, you think of classical music maybe as the duality with hip-hop, but, like, it shows how thoughtful and how, um, I don't know, yeah, Darren is a musician, and he produces his own music, too. Right. And, um, yeah, our, it was really neat just how it's, the stereotype, I think, is, like, hip-hop and, um, you know, drums, and but that piano element definitely brings soulfulness and musicianship, too. Right, no doubt. It's, it's, a, it's a lot that goes into it, and I think he does a really good job. And just reading his story is fantastic. Again, we're talking about Victoria Hernandez, community engagement producer for USA Today Sports Plus. And how about this? How about even when he was at his low, when he was at just, you know, going through suspensions because of drug use on the field, off the field, whatever, music, music, you, you mentioned it earlier, therapeutic. It helped him kind of get through it. How, how did that how, how was that the therapy? How was that the, the healing session, going back and listening and producing music? Yeah, I think, I mean, like you said, that is all he had. Like, he didn't know if he would ever see the gridiron again, you know. He didn't know that he would ever touch a football again. So just sitting with what he had was music, and um, he told me how the words he was able to put together, he didn't necessarily feel them or believe them for himself, but... 
you know, rapping is a very braggadocious art form. You know, you want to be the best. It's super competitive. Um, So it was really powerful how he was able to manifest these things for himself. And, um, yeah, it was great. Our interview was via Zoom. So just seeing him just smile and just he's such a confident, um, bright person. It's just really powerful to, to know that music helped him to get to that point. And the piece that she's talking about, it's on Anscape.com right now. It's called Raiders. Darren Waller has been inspired by music to manifest his new life. And that word really stands out to me, manifest, because I've heard that so many times. Q, you just got to manifest it into something, you know, and, and people can actually do that. And so, when you, like you said, he didn't really believe the words that he said, but I guess the repetition, saying it enough, and, and, and having to come over the music confidently, it helped him, like you said, manifest it into where he's at right now, which is a star tight end in the NFL playing with the Raiders. I mean, how powerful could music be for not only Darren Waller, but just anyone in general if, if it has that kind of effect on you? I know. It is amazing. I even myself have a hard time with that idea of manifestation sometimes because I'll be like, well, I tried this and, like, it didn't happen. And, you know, I think we really can only control so much in life, but... At the same time, we can control a lot, too, and even just for myself, like, I love hip-hop music because it is so motivational, and, like, it's kind of a joke with me that 50 Cent is one of my favorite artists, but, you know, and I'm, like, a white girl from the suburbs of Denver, but, like, I don't know something about, like, just that motivation factor and, like, what he's overcome, you know, to get to where he's been, and, um, yeah, like, music is so powerful, and healing and motivating and um i'm just so humbled to have been able to work and covering it and you know getting to meet so many artists and people around it so it's a very powerful thing for sure yeah no doubt about it my man demon cotton in the home studio he's got a question for you as well yeah victoria with darren waller and the music that he's making is there is there a balance that he's been able to strike with Hey, like going and talking about his past struggles and still making music that he thinks is going to be catchy and appealing to an audience? Yeah, I think that's something we talked about, you know, to more extent, too, was that his music is obviously therapeutic and motivational. and um, But he also takes a lot of pride in being able to make some of the catchy, fun songs. Um, there are a couple on his Delusions of Clarity project. And even, um, you know, I spoke with Euros, who was on um, Stay Close, which is kind of more of like a love R&B vibe. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think that is very important to him that he makes music that's relevant as well. Like, it's thoughtful, but it's also competitive. And, um, I mean, he's very diverse as an artist, too, which is hard, you know. Some, Some notable people are kind of have like one sound and one message you know so it's really neat how he's done that yeah it is and again your piece is a really good piece and something that stood out to me something that Darren said is that even when he comes home from practice and he's tired and he's beat up and he's exhausted or maybe it was game day and things didn't go well and he's a little down to the dumps it still goes back to that music still goes back to that music so it's almost like it's almost like routine where you have to do it just to be in your right headspace What, what did you think when he told you that Yeah, I thought that was really powerful, even just the self-discipline that takes to, like, carve out that time for yourself. And, um, yeah, I I think that was really powerful, even just knowing, you know, everybody knows he's a Pro Bowl tight end, like, how much commitment that has to take to be a professional football player. But 
the fact that he that he also takes his music so seriously that he makes that time and it's just as essential to him as hitting the gym and running routes and so that was really cool to me that he that shows he takes his music so seriously too. Let me ask you this and and I mean there's not a right answer because I don't know the answer and you probably don't know the answer either, but without his music, without the, the therapy of his music and the, and the pride he takes behind that music, do you think he's where he is today? That is a tough question. I mean, you know, like you said, we can't know for sure, but honestly, I don't, I don't think so. I think right. it's the fact that it was his light in that dark place that he was in and, um, it's just such a powerful tool that he has used to get himself where he has been. And it's, I mean, he is a person who gives back in so many ways too. He has a foundation that he's really proud of and does a lot of work with. And I just think that, yeah, music is so essential. And again, like I said, take getting him out of that dark place. I think it's, it's definitely gotten helped to get him and his personal, as I said with the last question, just that discipline and that commitment to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Victoria, this was a great piece. It really was. Again, it's on Anscape.com. Raiders Darren Waller has been inspired by music to manifest his new life. Great job on it. Uh, congratulations on everything that you're doing as well. Uh, that's I know that you got a lot more that you're working on, and, and I, if it's anything like that, it's going to be some really good stuff. But thank you so much for taking a few minutes this afternoon, spending some time with us, and, and breaking down that story on Waller and his music. Thank you so much. I'm really grateful I got to do this piece and that it resonated with people. So thank you so much for the time. Absolutely. It won't be the last time either. We appreciate you, Victoria. Thanks for your time. There she goes. Victoria Hernandez, community engagement producer for USA Today Sports Plus on Twitter at Lady V. That's V-I-I-I. You can't miss her. And uh, I'll tell you right now, it's a really good piece. And I like to talk about football. I like to talk about the X's and O's, wins and losses. But there's other sides to people that I like to – learn about and I know Darren Waller is an artist I know he puts out music like I said I have uh, a couple of his projects in my collection myself but just to kind of get the the nuts and bolts of it the breakdown on this piece I thought was great so uh, the great grandson of jazz legend Fats Waller has poured his heart and soul into writing and recording the music gave me something to look forward to that was a direct quote from Darren Waller. So uh, many thanks to Victoria for joining us right there uh, to break down that piece that she put out on Anscape.com. 2.43 is the time. We'll come back, take your calls and texts. We're live here at the Thomas and Mack. Summer League action is going on right now. Game two of the day today. I got to check the schedule to see who's playing. It is San Antonio and Cleveland. They're going on right now, so you could check them out uh, if you're here or on way to, uh, to the Thomas and Mack Center. We're going to be here all throughout the afternoon, so very excited by that. But I also want to hear from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200 and Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. If you had to explain who and what the Raiders were to a fan that knew nothing about the team, what would you say? This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. Coming up in about 10 minutes or so, Moda Keel, jumpball.net. We'll talk all things NBA action. He's here at Summer League. Very excited about what is going on on day two and really day one. I mean, there was two good games last night. It was the, it was the jump off to Summer League. But today is when it is packed. Today is when you try to roll in and find a parking spot, and it's hard to find a parking spot. Today's the day when you roll and get your credential, and you're in line for an hour like my man Mateo was, and still didn't get his credential, but <laughs> he's done the best he can, and 
I had to hustle to get mine. And it's funny because yesterday we, we, we got here to get ours, and they said, well, they're not ready yet, so they gave us a wristband. And I thought, okay, cool. And I was going to keep that wristband on, but I got to the house last night, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to take this thing off. And then when I saw that big old long line for the credentials, I thought, man, I should have just kept the wristband on. But little did I know, the, the, the color is a different wristband. Shocking, right? They were a little creative. But anyway, finally got uh, our credentials. We're in here. We're good to go. And we're going to be with you here until 5 o'clock. So Mo's going to join us coming up at 3 o'clock to talk all things NBA. What's going on with Kevin Durant? What's the, what's the expectations? Where is he going to go? How did the Rudy Gobert trade? change what's going to go on with Kevin Durant because in my opinion the price went way up Kyrie Irving he was in LA last night checking out the Sparks game is that where he's going to stay or is he going to be ended up somewhere else we'll find out but uh, we'll talk all things NBA talk about some summer league action coming up with Mo at uh, three o'clock I did want to hit the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 keyword r I was asking the question about what you would say to somebody, what would you tell, if you had to explain who the Raiders were and what the Raiders were to a fan that knew nothing about the team, what would you say? Got a text from Raider Steve from Reno. Thanks for being there, gents. Two things come to mind when I think of our beloved Raiders. Sea of hands play to Clarence Davis in the end zone with all those fish paws around the rock and the entire 2021 season. Us against the world and against all odds. Somehow, someway, just win, baby. Have a fabulous weekend, Q and Demond. Hashtag God bless our troops. Hashtag God bless America. Hashtag God bless Raider Nation. Again, Raider Steve from Reno. And I'll tell you, the sea of hands play, it would, it would be hard to explain that one to a, a, a brand-new fan just because it happened so long ago. But, man, you want to talk about something current. How about that entire 2021 season? I mean, if you just told somebody, just a general, again, someone who's never watched any football or anything or just kind of – I don't know, just started watching the game this year and said, in 2021, this is what happened. They would not tell you that that was a playoff team. But somehow, some way, the Raiders were able to come together, and they definitely were a playoff team. And so, yeah, that 2021 season, that's going to be one that I think people are going to look back at for years to come and just say, wow, how did that even happen? Because I'll tell you right now, I catch myself at times still saying, how did that happen? How did that happen? How did they overcome everything to make it to the playoffs. And a couple of bad calls, and I don't mean by the officials, I mean by, you know, just play calling in general from moving on to the second round of the playoffs. Mailman Raider hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r When it comes to on-the-field product, now would be the best time to be a fan because the last decade turned me into an alcoholic. So there you go. That's a good, good little explanation right there. The last decade, they ruined the Mailman Raider. So he's saying, hey, man, join now. Join now. because And that's a good thing. That means that, what he's seeing, he believes, is, is, is turning the corner. And he's seeing uh, a pos- positivity from the team where you might not have to be so, uh, so much a heavy, heavy drinker on game day. So uh, there you go. There's a, there's a silver lining. Definitely appreciate that. I uh, got a tweet from uh, Big Deuce. He said, uh, Q, Raider Nation, on selling the Raiders, first play the autumn win. First, play the autumn win for them and ask them if they wanted to be part of the nation that is worldwide. Has no color, gender, or status lines. A low-income fan can end up sitting next to a movie star like me. So there you go. Dwayne Big Deuce Sandrock with the tweet right there. And I'll tell you, uh, Raider Nation, I, I believe this, that last line in your tweet, I believe this was how everything was. I don't know if everything's the same as you mentioned right now. And that's unfortunate. But where you said that Raider Nation is worldwide, has no color, gender, or status lines, Kind of feels like it does these days, which is unfortunate. You know what I mean? It just it kind of feels like it's starting to turn the corner a little bit. I don't know where that came from. I was actually thinking about that this morning. I was thinking, like, how did we get where we're at right now? Because I feel like there's a lot of infighting. But 
that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. But it just seems like, and maybe, oh, I don't want to go there. Maybe with the, oh, no, don't do that. All right. So it just you. no, it just because no, 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 I don't no. want I don't want to open up a can of worms and then move on to another subject. You no, know you what I'm saying? It, it just feels like things. There's a big divide, and I don't really know the exact reason why, but it feels like there's one side of the street fighting with the other side of the street, but they all wearing the same colors, right? And that's not how it used to be, and that's that's something I don't I don't quite understand. I can't grasp, and that's literally, and this is my own fault. It literally kept me up all night last night wondering like wondering about this subject. And I was trying to wrap my brain around it. And I know that there should be nothing that keeps me up at night, especially when it has to do with fans fighting with each other. That should be the last thing, but it really does. It really bothers me because I know I'm going to go on the radio and talk about things, and at some point it's going to come up. So it did. It was just one of those things that really bothered me, and I just wonder how in the hell did we get to where we're at? You know, and I I look, uh, there's so many things that go into my brain, and see, this is why I didn't want to go there because I start rambling on about it. Like, I look at even this radio station, like, we're one of 32. There's only 32 flagship radio stations for an NFL team. You know what I mean? And I feel like there's so many fans that, like, want to fight with each other. It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. And, you know, I know it's not the majority, but it's, there's, there's enough that just kind of, you know, like I say all the time, we don't all have to agree with each other, but I, I never understood why we'd want to fight with each other. And I, I, don't. I, I don't. I don't sign up for the fight, you know, and you can – call me soft you can call me whatever you want to I, I don't have time for the fight but i see it i see it all the time and it just it kind of blows my mind so anyway uh good tweet big deuce and that's what i'll tell you this that's what the raiders definitely stood for at one point and that's one of the things i fell in love with going to the coliseum it didn't matter what the person looked like they didn't have to look like me they didn't have to look like you they could have looked like anybody and they and everybody got along everybody got along now you know, maybe social media has something to do with it because social media wasn't really around, or if it was, I wasn't on it then. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. I don't have the answer. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that. But it's something. It's definitely something. So there you go. But I, I would love to hear from you anyway. If you had to explain who and what the Raiders were to a fan that knew nothing about the team, what would you say? Let me know about it. 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Salmon Ash text line. Hit us up that way or on Twitter at R&R 920 AM or at your boy Q254. Because coming up next to kick off hour number two of the show, Mo DeKeel, thejumpball.net, going to talk all things NBA. We're live at Summer League, Thomas and Max Center. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.